Well, good morning to uh, to everyone here this morning. Good morning to those that are maybe at home listening this morning. Um, for those of us that have been attending here re- uh, regularly, regularly the last several, uh, I guess, Sundays, we've been talking about having more of a relationship with Christ and uh, understanding uh, maybe some of the complexities of, of what all that goes uh, goes into that. And I think we uh, we heard some great things this morning. You know, why would we want to have a relationship with God? Uh, what what may uh, benefit us, and uh, uh, not only are we commanded, I think, by God's word that we, uh, according to John 15, as we read this morning, that we are to abide in Him. So, in thinking about some of that, I would like to uh, talk, continue that discussion this morning, and talking about our relationship with uh, with God and with Christ. Uh, but in in talking about some of that this morning, uh, I guess you know we we had a great day yesterday. Uh, we got to go play some golf, and I think I couldn't imagine three better people to play with, and uh, just had a lot of fun. But you know, one of the things in thinking about uh, playing yesterday, I was like, I kind of was like, you know, I hadn't played with my dad in many years. I mean, it's probably been a long time, and never played with Brody, and and, and think about that. But I had played with Todd recently, so you know, I kind of I kind of knew who was on my team, and I knew I knew that there was going to need to be some shot makers and different things. I knew we needed to kind of put ourselves in position and be able to at least put a decent score down on the scorecard. And uh, but I think in, in thinking about that kind of concept about knowing who's on your team, I kind of I kind of think sometimes to myself, I, I want to know who's on my team. Uh, when uh, when me and Sammy first started dating, I think it was important for me to get to know her in a way that I didn't get to know anybody else. And I don't believe I ever have gotten to know anybody else, much like the way I got to know Sammy. Um, but I, I ended up wanting to, you know, I asked a lot of questions. And some answers, you know, I got some answers. And, of course, the more time you spend with that individual, you just learn more and more and more. And, uh, you know, well, I probably should say with Sammy, once I finally got her to talk, you know. I mean, everybody knows how shy Sammy is. And... Uh, I got to learn a whole lot about her, and I was great, I, but, I, but I wanted to know more. I wanted to know what her strengths were. I wanted to know what her weaknesses were. You know, is she, was, she, was she somebody that's, that's more of a wise person, or, you know, was she foolish in nature, which most of y'all know Sammy very well, that, you know, you kind of know her. That, but uh, I think with our God, we would kind of somewhat uh, want to apply some of the same practices in trying to get to know him. For example... Uh, with our God, we understand this, that the weaknesses of God are even stronger than man's. We learn that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. And we read over there as in the same verse that even the foolish things of God are wiser than man's. So, you know, as you kind of dive into this idea of who is God and, and uh, all the many attributes that you could attribute to him, uh, there's, it's endless, and there's no way that I can do talk about it all this morning. But I want for this congregation here to come uh, to something that maybe I want to get you a little uncomfortable, but I want you to ask yourself a serious question. How good are you at talking about God? I, th- I feel like sometimes there are just moments where you could, if somebody, I were to talk to somebody about who God is, they'd have to figure out a way to keep my mouth shut. Because I just keep going. It's just endless. There's too much here for me to say that, you know, to sum God up in two sentences is just not possible according to the Word of God. And so we have to, I want to know who's on my team. I want to know about Him more. And I want to, I want to know the depths of Him. I want to just, and, that, and, and in trying to get to know Him in that way, I just learn more and more and more about Him. And so in thinking about that, I want to ask you, how good are you at talking about who God is? And uh, I want you to consider that question, and I want you to ponder it over the next couple of weeks as we're continuing to dive into about how we have a better relationship with who God is. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to talk about a few things this morning that will be beneficial to us all here that we can maybe just say we can walk away from here saying, I know more now than what I did. And uh, I hope that's the case. And then, you know, the next time we'll continue to dive into this a little bit more. But over in, uh, we read over in Revelation uh, in chapter 1 where John's on the Isle of Patmos and he's going to get, you know, he's going to get some instructions from God. But God's going to speak to him in a very specific way. And he, we learn over there that um, a lot of attributes even of God in, in this particular section. So let's just read a few things 
about not only who God is and who Christ was, but also grab some things for ourselves. It says over here in uh, chapter four, let's, uh, chapter one, verse four, John to the seven churches which are at Asia, grace be unto you and peace uh, from him, which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindred, kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I love that. Not only do you realize that in, in the first, the, the only way I can really talk about this particular subject is for us to, I mean, in our human nature, we think about a time we were born. And we think about a time possibly when we're going to die. And we have this concept of time and we and we can probably think about uh we understand that at some point in time the, the world was created and the world's going to be swallowed up like a vet or you know like a vesture and it's going to be the, the elements are going to melt and this world is going to be no more because in our brains we have this idea of time there is no time with god we say when did god come into existence i don't know he's just always existed and he, he has no beginning, and he has no ending. He is eternal, which is why we call him our everlasting father. You say, well, um, then, why, then why are we, you know, then you may come up with some question like, why are we here and all this stuff. I'm going to sum that question up for you in one sentence. And that sentence is, we were created for his glory. All right? And that's why this earth is, is we were created for his glory. So that's, that will sum it up that way. Now let's get back to talking about who God is. So if we were created for his glory, then we need to be, and we sang it this morning, uh, oh, sing of his mighty love. He is the almighty, which means of great strength. And I'm going to probably get to some other things this morning that are also going to describe some of, my, some of those attributes. But there's another place over in 1 Timothy where it describes him as the potentate, meaning have great power. And so if we were to stop and pause for a minute just about how mighty God is, and just how powerful God is, knowing that even his weakness is stronger than men's, and understanding that, I mean, we, we think about being very strong, and, uh, and uh, I, I know a lot of us here are big football fans, love football, and, you know, we love to have the strongest person on our team, and you think about uh, probably in, in history and different things, they always had a mighty man. I mean, the Philistines had Goliath. They thought, oh, Goliath, he's the, he's the strongest and biggest and baddest person there, there is. But you know what? God was still powerful than Goliath. All right? So, I mean, we, we kind of, as much as we love Alabama football players or big line, strong linemen, God's bigger than all of them. And, and, and Brother Todd, Brother Todd, I, 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 I kind of look at Brother Todd in awe because Brother Todd's so big and I'm so scrawny and small. And, you know, I wish that, you know, I could be, but God's bigger than Brother Todd. And, uh, God, I mean, think of the biggest person that you can imagine or the strongest person that you can imagine. Think about these strongman competitions that go on around the world. These people are lifting hundreds of pounds and they're just so strong. God's stronger than all of them. He is an all-powerful God that we worship. And when we think about how powerful he is, well, let's just, let's just use the scripture as, a, as, a, as his testimony. Okay, we could go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the very foundation of the world. We can go to Isaiah 55 where it talks about when his word goes forth, it does not return unto him void. All right, that's how, so when God, when God commands, I think the scripture that I'm thinking, when he speaks, uh, when he, when it speaks, it is done. When he commands, it stands fast. That's what I was trying to get out. Thank you. And, uh, so, I mean, when he, when he commands, just as in the days when, he, when, the, when the earth was created, when he speaks, it was done that day. 
And when he spoke the very existence into your heart through the new birth, it happened. And there was nothing you could do or I could do to stop it. So when we say that we love God, it's because he first loved you and by his power born to you again of the Spirit. When we think about how powerful it is, we can think about the creation. We can also go back to some of the things that make us uncomfortable as God's people about some of the things that he did back in Genesis. Think about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. When he rained fire and hell and brimstone down on that city and destroyed it. When he caused the the earth to, when he caused the heavens to rain for 40 days and 40 nights, Noah and his family in an ark with all the animals the Lord had commanded him to do, and flooded this earth and destroyed it. The same God that swallowed up Korah and his family for blaspheming against those that were in charge to lead the, the, the nation of Israel at the time for raising up against Moses. We were talking about this last Sunday. Only God can rain down quail at the anger and the complaining of God's people to sit there and have it be in such a way that it was coming out their nostrils. Only God can do that. I think about how powerful God is. I think about the servant of Elisha, and the, well, the servant of Elisha. When Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, I beg you to open the eyes of my servant. And immediately his eyes were opened and he saw fire, chariots of fire all around about Elisha. That's the God that is on our side. He's on our team. And you say, well, Brother Derek, I've never experienced any of that. How close are you to God? We're talking about drawing closer to God. We're talking about having a relationship, about feeling comforted by the Almighty, by the one that is all-powerful, the one that is there constantly for you and me daily. He is our, he's our mediator, constantly defending his people that he loved with an everlasting love. He is constantly making intercession just constantly for me and you. Brother, Brother Todd was talking about, you know, the, it hurts him to see uh, when, when pastors and different ones are struggling, you know. I, I, I hate it to see any of us struggling. But I tell you, I got a God that's making intercession daily. And I'm okay with that. I mess up. I can pick myself back up because I have a God that I know can carry me through. Because He's powerful. He's more... He's more things happen. Things that we don't understand. We lose loved ones many different ways due to disease, suicide. We've talked a lot about those that have blessed my uncle's heart. Doesn't mean I don't love him any less. But I'm just watching, and I honestly pray that the Lord will take the pain away. Because I know a God that can. You say, Brother Derek, well, you, you, you haven't experienced the things in my life. You don't, you, you, don't, you don't understand what I'm going through. I don't have to. But because I, I know a God that knows every single circumstance going on in every one of our lives. Because He's the Almighty. He's the potent. He's the all-powerful one. He's the one that we can spend days talking about. Talking about, I mean, we think about some of the things that God did. I can't understand... It's, it's, it's complicated. I, don't, I, can't, I can't wrap my brain sometimes around all of it. And it's okay. But I still want to know more. Great is the mystery of godliness. Great, I mean, I, we, we, when, we, when we think about studying and trying to learn more about who God is, I just want to know more. And thinking about some of the things that we've said already, I mean, we could go back and read of many of the things that the Lord did. But I want to continue reading here in Revelation and I want to grab a few more points. So as, uh, as Jesus is talking to uh, John uh, John here on the Isle of Patmos, he uh, says a few more things. He's going to tell him about some seven candlesticks and some and uh, some uh, and the, the seven stars, uh, the candlesticks, yeah, and, yeah, etc. But he's going to go on and say, and when I... And, in verse 17, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive for uh, evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell 
and of death. He's going to tell them to write some things to these churches. But I want to tell you, he does have the keys of hell and death. And because he lives, we know that we shall not experience death. Do y'all ever wrap your mind sometimes around all of that? We will experience the pain of death. But when we die, we're going to wake in heaven. Okay? To be absent from the bodies, be at home with the Lord. We understand these simple truths. That's how powerful he is. So, in thinking about some other attributes of God, I could go on to explain. We've already talked about one this morning over in John about being him being the vine. We talked last week also about how he's our bread of life. And there's probably many other places that I could turn to. We could go over to Isaiah and read where it says, for they call him wonderful. He's full of wonder. That's what that means. That's his, one of his names. That he's full of wonder. And I can tell you, just say, say what about... Well, Okay, but I can't see God. I can't see Christ. I can't touch Him. I said, but I can feel Him. And I can sit here and look at all these things that go on in nature around. And I'm still in awe. You're talking about being full of wonder? I am still in awe that no matter what, the seasons change. Right now, it's a little cold. It's going to get a little colder as we get into the winter time. But then all of a sudden, it's going to be spring, and most of us would rather it come sooner than later. But then all of a sudden, the leaves are going to come back onto the branches. And then all of a sudden, it's going to get a little bit warmer. We're going to see the azaleas bloom in April. And we're going to see the grass turn from like a grayish, well, y'all know I'm colorblind, so it's whatever color y'all see it as, um, from brown to green or whatever it is. Um, but uh, we're going to see that change. And then it's going to be summer. And then it's going to be, it's just, this cycle is going to keep going. And I, I'm not a big, excellent scientist from a biology type thing, but I still, I'm still amazed as we were talking last week about watching these, like watching seeds grow. I'm still amazed at those things. So yes, he's full of wonder. And yet, it's all set in motion by the power of his hand. And, he, and he's upholding it all by the palm of his hand. And it's not going to change until he comes back again. That's why I don't like all the stuff about global warming or climate change or global cooling and all this other stuff. Because you're saying that it's not... When we sometimes when we say that, I'm not saying that there's certain things aren't going on. Yes, pollution is a real thing, folks, okay? Not saying all those things. What I'm saying is that when you go when you go off to an extreme, you realize you're you're, you're subtly saying, you're subtly saying it's still not in his power. It's still not in his control. It's all still in his control till he decides it's going to be no more. So yes, it's I'm still in awe. I'm still in full of wonder of my God. We go over there in that same portion, and I'll actually turn over there so we, we all can read it together. It's, I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, or chapter 6 and verse 9. It's one of the two. Chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. And the next thing I want to talk about is the next one. It's called Counselor. He is our great, he is our counselor. So if when we have problems and, you know, we, I was talking about, I started this whole thing off about wanting to know who's on my team, okay? Well, can you imagine going and getting the best counsel you've ever got from the almighty, potentate, powerful, one that we all call wonderful? His counsel is the best counsel. What do, we, what do most of us do? Most of us do, we have a problem, what do we do? We call up our buddies. We call up our friends. Girls may call their girlfriends. Guys call their buddies. And what do we do? We complain until we find somebody who agrees with us what we want to hear. Now, do let's go back to Romans chapter 8 and read over there. If I'm going to sow to the carnal things, guess what? I'm going to reap of the carnal things. But if I want the spiritual things, then I need to go find, I need to go to that team member who's on team spirit this morning. I need to go to the one and get my counsel. But that's what most of us, and some of us, we don't take counsel at all. <laughs> Help me, I don't want to go off on that rabbit trail. Uh, but I will say this. If you have trouble and you go to your pastors and he's giving you good godly counsel, please don't walk out the door thinking, man, that guy's crazy. He's the one that God called, as the brother mentioned this morning, to come and to bring a message. If you're coming to get counsel from that person, you need to listen. I'm taking it sometimes. 
Put it to use. See if it works. If it doesn't work, well, most I guarantee if it's of the Lord, it's going to work. All right. I'm just going to say it simple. It's of God. It's going to work. Trust me. You say, how do you know that, Brother Derek? Because, how do I? Mm. Scripture tells me there's a way that seemeth right unto, the, uh, unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There is a way. And if I want to follow that way, I, I, by all means, I can. But the Lord's already told me what my end is going to be. But what did Jesus say? Jesus says that he's the way. So if I'm trying to find a way, I need to go find his way. That's another attribute of God that he says that I am the way. So if I'm going to get counsel, I want to go to the one that's the way. I don't want to go to my way. You say, Brother Derek, what kind of, like we call him counselor. So how can I get this counsel? Well, there's a couple of ways. One, I would encourage you to pray. We've talked about that recently. You say, well, I'm not, a, I'm, I, it ain't got to be something special. Just sit down and talk. Amen. I, t- I, I used this example last weekend and I, I've been thinking about it all week. But we do have this habit of looking at God as a vending machine. Where we go and punch in what we want, we get what we want, we leave. Sometimes you don't get what you want. Sometimes it doesn't work right. Anyways. My point is, is that we go there and it's just like we're just here to get our stuff and leave. That's that's the way we look at God sometimes. And then we get, yeah, I've seen Brother Todd back there. Sometimes we just shake the machine and, and we get angry at the machine. That's what we do. We get angry at God. We get upset with Him. We get, up, we get in bitterness. We get anger and all these things build up all because we, we're not getting what we want. Right. Right. Instead of going to God and asking Him, wait, Lord, what do I need today? Amen. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on some stuff more maybe this morning. But I want to, if there are other churches out there listening this morning online, I want you to start, those that are without pastors right now, quit going to church and trying to find your pastor based on your wants. Start going there looking for what you need. The Lord may have sent probably 20 pastors to y'all to the churches that are out there that have had not had pastors probably for about five to more years, and He probably sent 20 to you, and they're like, well, that's not what I want. Pastors are not here for what you want sometimes, folks. They're here to teach you the message of God. It's what you need. When I think about the counsel that I need half the time, it's not what I want to hear. When I'm struggling with maybe an issue with me and Sammy, we had a fight or something. Something or something didn't go right. Something went wrong. Maybe it's a work issue. Something went wrong at work. I'm upset at my boss. Or maybe I've got a friend that I'm upset at my friend because we got in an argument or something. You know what I need to go? I need to go right back to the book. And hear the same message we heard this morning from Brother Charles about husbands love your wives. How do you love them? Love them as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Well, my, my friends don't do me right. Who cares? You do what God's called you to do and do right by them. But see, that's not... That's the counsel of God's word. That's not what we want to hear. We want to say, well, I want to get even. Well, I'm going to tell that person. I'm going to show him. Or I'm going to show her. We're the get even generation a lot of times. What we need to do is we need to get, let's see, get right with God. Um, we, what we need to do is we need to go back and get the counsel we need. Because he is our counselor. You know what God's going to tell you to do? God's going to tell you to be patient. You want to know why God's going to tell you to be patient? Because He gave you something in the new birth called long-suffering that we read about in Galatians chapter 5.22. We don't have to have it our way right now. Sometimes we just need to wait upon the Lord. Over in, uh, I'm going to get there eventually, over in Psalm 46, it says, Be still and know that I'm the Lord. Wait on Him. Wait on the counsel. Sometimes it doesn't happen instantly. Sometimes it takes years even. We think we've talked about this in the, in the Old Testament in the last several weeks that we've been together. Sometimes the blessings that we receive from God are not seen immediately. They take years to happen. And all the while, you know what we're supposed to be doing in the meantime while we're waiting? Get busy working. 
That's the counsel that we receive from God. Here again, as he is referred to as the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father, so we, we understand that He's also our Father. And, we, and again, there's probably a lot of teaching in that one phrase alone that I don't have time to get to this morning because I want to continue on to get to some other things. But a good father chastens his children. You know, for, for most of us not re don't realize that the responsibility of the discipline in the home or the chastening in the home Responsibility falls on, on Papa, on Dad. And sometimes, it, you know, and so even with our Heavenly Father, sometimes with us, He has to chasten us. He has to bruise us a little bit. And I think about the times with, with the sheep, you know, the, if we go back to the, the, the story that most shepherds, you know, when they were watching over their sheep, if they had a sheep that kept running off, eventually they'd just break the legs of the sheep to quit them, keep them from running off. And then the, the Lord would, or the shepherd would just carry that sheep around until he was healed again. But he was, his hopes was that it would teach the sheep to stop running off. Sometimes I have to blister my son's rear end a kind of time or two. You know why? Because I'm hoping he's going to realize that there's an authority in the home. You know what? Hmm. I'm going to get to some stuff here. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should. I don't know. Kids grow up eventually, and if they've had no authority in the home, eventually they won't respect other authority. Amen. <laughs> How much do y'all respect, or do us all? How much do we really truly respect our authority? Who is our authority? It's our everlasting Father. You say, well, I, you know, we, we, we sit there and uh, we say something to, you know, what's, what's the phrase? Uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, we live in a very, very wicked world. And our concept of good is probably flawed to begin with. And sometimes we, just, we, we need to recognize that, you know what? If we would begin to respect our authority, our everlasting Father that is head over us and live each and every day in such a way that would emulate Him, that would magnify Him, that would glorify Him, show glory to our, to our Father, we would, we, I mean, it, showing reverence to Him, honoring Him in everything that we do, the way we work, the way we talk to each other, the way we love each other. How do we learn how to do those things better? Right here. Right here in His Word. And the last one, of course, here is the Prince of Peace. Most of us right now would probably rather November 4th get here really quick. Most of us would probably, you know, we, we, we have this idea that, well, I'll say it this way. <laughs> I remember, I think I made this statement a couple of weeks ago, but I'll say, it, I'll say it again. Most of us in 2019 were sitting here thinking, oh, 2020 is going to be better. We all were sitting there on December 31st, sitting there thinking about it, and we're saying, oh, okay, I've got my, my, my black-eyed peas or whatever else I've got. I've got my little tradition. I'm going to have any more money. I'm going to have a best year. And boom, 2020 is nothing what we expected it to be. Right? So you know what I bet you a lot of folks are saying? 2021 is going to be great. All we got to do is get through the election. All we got to do this, that, and the other. Huh? And all the while, you're still going to be miserable. You know why? Because you think that somehow man is going to fix all these problems, whether it be government, the news. I mean, I enjoy watching football, but football Saturdays is not going to fix the problems in the country. You know? I mean, I could just go on and on. But you know what I can do is I can realize that I've got an everlasting father who is also referred to as the prince of peace. Is also that word prince in that particular verse can also be translated as captain. He's the head. He's the leader of our peace. I would go as far as even to say he's the source of it. Because in the midst of a wicked world, the peace that we can get from our heavenly father is beyond all measures. See, we can go over to Ephesians and read there over there where he says that he's able to do abundantly 
exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. You say, well, what, how high is that? Oh, no. It's just exceeding abundantly above what my brain could even probably even come up with. Do y'all not sit and ponder that kind of stuff sometimes? I do. I, I, I really do. I'm like, if the Lord can do exceeding above all that I can even ask or think, I try to think really, really big. And guess what? It's hard. It hurts my head. I can't, I'm not that smart. But I can tell you 100%, no matter what I come up with, he can top it. Think bigger, folks. And maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see some of the things that the Lord can do for us. So this morning, again, I'm talking about this idea, who is on our team? Who's on? We got somebody that's powerful. He's full of wonder. He's almighty. He's, the, he's, our, he's our counselor. Over the years, I've gotten a lot of great counsel from my father. Some I took, some I didn't. And no matter how good of a counselor I think my dad has probably been to even married couples, the ones that he's married, the ones that he, folks that have been here in the church that have had issues, this, that, and the other, and uh, many of the counsel that has gone, it doesn't matter how good, I mean, and again, I'm not trying to build him up and put him on some pedestal. I'm just saying, I think Brother Charles has done a very good job of giving good counsel. It's still not as good as all the things that are contained in the Word of God. He's our everlasting Father, and He's our Prince of Peace. Starting to really sound like somebody I want on my team. Some, you know what? I'm, I'm really starting to get this idea that he's, this is really something I want to draw closer to. I want to get as close as I can. Now, now I'm getting a different picture of when he says that I'm the vine and you're the branches. Who am I abiding really in? Because it just goes deeper and deeper. So no matter how powerful God is, and we've, we've, we've talked a lot about how powerful He is and a lot of the things that He has done, um, but I also want to bring out just one other thing, because again, I'm just talking to you this morning about who's on our team. Who are you wanting to have a relationship with? Why we should, as Brother Charles brought out this morning, why we should want to have the relationship with, this, with our God. I mean, I... I tell you, it, it's amazing. Over in Psalm 46, we'll read over there some things uh, where it, uh, we'll just grab one verse. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge and our strength. We sing that song, God is our refuge daily. It's 192 in our books. It's called Meditations. You know, while everybody else has probably been running around the country uh, crazy going over with this COVID stuff, the election coming up, the news, the media, and all this stuff, I guess I really, you know, you'll see stuff on in, in the social media and different things about, uh, and I'm not... And I, by the way, I'm not some skeptic. I, I know the virus is real, by the way. So what I'm about to say, just want y'all to know, I know it's real. People have had it. My buddy Trey uh, had it. Me and him uh, talked about it. And, you know, it's, it's hard to see somebody personal who you know close actually have that and go through that. But all the while this is going on, I still haven't gotten to this point where I'm, I'm so scared that I can't go about my day. Why? Because God's my refuge. He's also where I get my strength from. When I don't feel like I can go tomorrow or the next day or the next day. When I get sick or when I get down, when I get depressed and I just feel like, you know, I, I, I wallow in, in, the, in the mud of just self-pity. I still recognize where my strength and where my, and that I have a wonderful hiding place, a refuge, a place where I can go and seek shelter. Or where, and, and really when we talk about that refuge, that's really the time where you should be praying more. That refuge, that safe haven. When I think about God as our refuge, I think about those verses of Scripture that are over in John 10. I think about Psalm 23, where we read over there where He took me, He made me to lie down in green pastures. Psalm 23, we know it very well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The Lord constantly shepherding, watching over us, and then leading us, and over in John chapter 10, where it says, But the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. I have a place where I can find rest, refuge, because Jesus there says that he's the door, and by the him we go in and out and find pasture. That's how when I think, when I'm, when I'm trying to draw closer to my God and I think of Him as my refuge, I'm thinking of Him as this almighty, wonderful Prince of Peace, my Father in Heaven, my the everlasting Father. When I, when I think of Him being my counselor and my refuge, He's a place that I can go hide out at and I can find great comfort, I can find great peace, and I can stay there as long as I want. You say, well... I guess I get to think some of us probably don't stay there as long as we should. I'll say it nice like that. Some of us get the idea that we, you know, this this morning, us gathered here together with with each other, the saints of God, this is a good place of refuge. Okay? This is one of those green pastures that we have. And I can tell you, I've been to churches across the across the southeast where Buddy, they come in, and just as quick as they can get out the door, they're gone. They don't. They they hear. They they check the box. They did church. They they sat here. They listened. But buddy, when it's over, NFL Sunday's on at home, and I got to get home. I got to get out to the golf course. I got to go. I got to go mow the lawn. I got to go do this. You know what? You might ought to stick around a little longer. Enjoy the fellowship here. Talk with each other strengthen each other worship with each other sing with each other dare I say we ought to probably be praying more with each other he's our refuge and he's our source of strength I come here and I gather here with you guys this morning and when I leave here when eventually it's time to leave I feel I feel like really better okay I don't know how to say that I feel like I can got one more day to, 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 to press on my cup runneth over, as they say. I didn't come here to fill up a shot glass. I came here to fill up my barrel this morning. I want to get as full as I can because he is my strength and he's our re my, my refuge. I'm talking to you about who's on our team. I'm just giving you tidbits. We can re-go over and read in many places where we sing and, we, and I'm kind of pairing a couple of things. I want you to understand the reason our songs are written and the ones we sing in the, uh, before worship or before the preaching service, our, our songs come directly out of the Word of God. So when we sing stuff like, uh, well, I already mentioned one, that He's Our Hiding Place is a song that we sing. Uh, there's also 197 in our book, which the solid rock. He is our foundation. He is the rock. Uh, we, we learn about that where, um, I guess it was Jesus talking to, the, to His disciples and Peter answered him and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, And upon this rock, the foundation, He is our foundation, Jesus Christ. He is our rock on which we are here today. He's not only the cornerstone, but He's also the head. We get some beautiful pictures of how Christ and of Christ in this church. He's our high tower. One of my favorite ones. Back in, um, again, I'm not some big history buff, but I always do, do I always love watching movies and different things. That They would always have a, a, a watchman, a high tower, where, where they could see the enemy coming from a great distance. God can see all of our enemies from a great distance. He's our high tower, which was why we could turn over to, I believe it's Ezekiel, if I'm not mistaken, and we read over there about the watchman on the wall. And the warning that's laid out there is so a lot of times God's our watchman. He says he's our high tower. He's heeding the warnings to you and me. And a lot of times we just don't listen. We don't take the counsel from the counselor. Okay? And you know what happens? Our enemies get closer and closer and closer and closer. And the, the warning out there is that the blood's on our hands if we don't take heed to the warning. 
so many things that we could go into talking about the attributes of our God. I've not even touched the surface. He's all-knowing, which is why a couple weeks ago when we were talking about praying, I asked a very specific question about us confessing our faults to our Lord and Savior. Why, do you th- why is it so hard for us to confess our faults to Him? He knows them already. He knows. You're not, you're not hiding anything from Him. I like having a teammate that knows my problems before I even know them. You catch that? I like having a teammate that knows every bit of my problem before I even know I have the problem. That's a good thing. That's a comforting. You know what? How often have you pondered the fact that in Him being our refuge and our high tower and all these attributes, how many times do you ponder the very fact that you probably had attacks or different things come, in, you come your way that you never even saw because He shielded you from them? I, I ponder that kind of stuff. How many times did, was I protected? I'm not going to find the scripture this morning, so I, y'all just bear with me. I know the concept of what, I wanna, what I'm going to say here is that I was in awe because sometimes we are blessed because of other people. Does that make sense? I feel like there are certain things in my life that I know I've been blessed to have, but it wasn't because of me and that because I'm such a wonderful person. It might have been because of the prayers of another individual. It might have been the prayers of my mom and daddy at times when I was probably acting a fool. May have been the prayers of somebody else. We think about what happened to Job in the Old Testament where God had a hedge about Job and God removed that hedge and gave Satan power over Job all but one thing and that was the power to take his life. And did Satan, and we we know the story because Satan took full Action. I don't know how you want to say it. He went in full force to touch everything, according to Job, that he could. And I'll tell you, sometimes we ought to think about the hedge or the refuge that may be just protecting each and every one of us. Because we know Satan's on the attack. We're not ignorant of his devices. Oh, goodness. There's so many other uh, places that I probably could turn to this morning, but I'm actually going to go ahead and begin to wrap up most of this. Because again, I just want you to know who's on our team. In John chapter 8, we read over there, and this is kind of the last place, because I'm again, I'm not even touched the surface. I've not even gotten to many of the things that I probably could turn to this morning. Uh, but we read over in John, even really the whole book of John is referred to as the I Am context of who or the I am book really because it talks so many ways about who Jesus was and who God is okay it refers to him in many in many things of I'm the bread of life I am the I am the true vine I am the way the true light I'm the resurrection and the life all these types of things right so there are just more attributes that tell us and explain to us who God is well and the one last place that I want to bring is in John chapter 8 and verse 12 then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And this in particular scripture, he's talking to the Jews and the Pharisees, and he's going to say a lot of very harsh things to the Pharisees. And in really in context, I'll say it this way, his blunt message to the Pharisees in that day was that I am light, you are in darkness. I'm of my father, and you're of your father, the devil. For us today, the, word, the, the message that we need to carry, to carry forth today, we, as God's children, are a part of that light. This world is a very dark place, and it can get very dark and if the Lord's and again as our counselor has already told us it's going to wax worse and worse and worse but you know what if I've got need a team member to carry me through when things are getting very dark I want the one with the light 
What is darkness? It's the absence of light, right? So I want to find the one that's got the light. That's going to, he says, if you will follow after me, he says, you'll have this light of life. I'll be shining it brightly, not only in, you, in you, each and every one of you, but maybe in your homes, in your marriages, with your children, with our churches. We will have that light. He is that light. And the Pharisees, of course, did not have that light. It says, though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. You judge after the flesh, and I judge no man. But yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. One of the greatest mysteries that we will ever have is how three can be one and one can be three. How... And I do, I know sometimes we like to talk about many aspects, but I'll say it this way. Before the foundation of the world, wrap your mind around this. The greatest light that we have is walking through this life with the knowledge that of all these things that we've been talking about this morning, but also the knowledge that our salvation has been accomplished. We're not walking around each day fearing death. We're not walking each day wondering, am I going to hell and all these other things. No, we walk around each day with this light of life because our Lord has shined it into our hearts. And we understand that the Father, before the foundation of the world, chose us and put us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And at His appointed time, at his appointed time what did He do? He sent His Son... To pay for that debt for you and me. And each and every day that we live, we get to dwell with the Spirit because the Spirit communicates that message to us daily. And Brother Charles talked about it last Sunday that over in Romans 8, we read over there where even when we don't have, uh, when we have groanings that couldn't even be uttered, the Spirit's making intercession and communicating on our behalf because we have this lifeline with our Father in heaven. All of that knowledge is a blessing. And it's, how we, and, it's, and it's how I'm able to see clearly each and every day in this wicked world is because I'm walking with the light of life each and every day. The Pharisees in that day did not have that light, which is why they did not understand. They did not know who Jesus was. When he would tell them that he was of the, of the Father, they took up stones to stone him and all different things. They didn't have the knowledge that he was the Son. That he was our savior. That he was our everlasting father. All these They had none of that. They just did not know who he was. And here's the greatest mystery of all. Even though he was bodily pleasant right there in front of them, the reason they did not know him, by his own power, he didn't allow it. So the question is, is do you know him? If you know him, it's because he's worked something very special in each and every single one of you by his own working, by his own power, and you are blessed to have that knowledge. See, over in the last chapter of the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, I've been kind of still thinking about this growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I talked several weeks ago about growing in what does it mean to grow in grace, but I also want to grow in knowledge. I want to know more and more about who my team member is, who's on my team. I, I mean, again, I'm just ta- I just spent the time this morning wanting to talk to you about who he is. Maybe there's some things that this morning that you've heard before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe just some things to ponder, some things to think about. But I've not even scratched the surface. I just want to know him more and more and more and more. And there's probably, there's, there's so many places to turn to that just, I don't, I could sit here for the next several hours and I still wouldn't even scratch the surface. Get to know your team member because if we're going to have a relationship with God, you got to get to know him. 
when, so that when you do have a problem or that when you have an issue or that you don't know where you're going to find help or a, he's a very present, present help in a time of need. When you, don't, when you don't know when something goes wrong. See, too, you know, this is what I wanted to get to. His ear is not too heavy nor his arm too short that he will not hear our prayer. If we leave, if, 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 we're, if our relationship with God is weak or distant, always remember that it's not because we, he left us. It's because we walked away from him. So that's why scripturally, closer and closer and closer we sing a song here in our books, I think it's 565, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. If we want to improve our relationship, draw closer. And when you feel it's distant, pick up, some, pick up the Word of God, read a little bit. Come talk to Brother Charles. Increase that knowledge that you have about God so that when, you, when things do go wrong, you know exactly where to turn to find what you need or you know the person to turn to that's close to you that may be stronger in the Word and have a stronger relationship with God than you do. You see kind of how that helps all of us? I'm sure there are, there are those here amongst the congregation this morning that may know more Scripture. And may, I'll give you a perfect example. This morning it was, where's mighty love? Wasn't even remotely the title. Close, but where's it at? Well, he asked me because he knows I have this weird memory thing with song numbers. Well, sometimes, hey, Brother, Brother Charles, I don't, I don't know where this scripture is. Can you help me? I mean, Alan knows, I'm telling you, Alan knows probably more even Old Testament, like, like quick finds. I'm just not good like that sometimes. But you know what? I can call him and say, oh, yeah, that's over there and such and such. Oh, thank you. Okay, well. That's how we grow together. Talk together. Find those things that strengthen us together. And I beg you this morning, please draw closer to God. And we'll uh, sing a song and we'll be dismissed.